0: Chapter Six: The Center of It All. So, can you describe to me what is the 1918 building? Yeah, the 1918
1: building um, was is a former high school and junior high that the school district uh, gave to Bonner Springs for a $1 dollar in 1985 because they had uh, it had come to the end of its useful life for them in its current uh, condition.
0: This is Jeff Harrington. He does not live in North College Hill. He's actually the mayor of Bonner Springs, Kansas, a city about 600 miles west of Ohio. While working on this story, I stumbled across the situation in Bonner Springs, in which a small city was deciding whether to take an old school building and turn it into a city hall. It's called the 1918 building because, well, it was finished in 1918. Did the roof ever need to be replaced?
1: Yeah, they uh, they included roofing uh, and uh, some brick tuck pointing in one of the grants they received since the city's had it. It has a lot of really nice features in it that if redone nicely could be quite a, a city facility. And so uh, currently, for the last eight years, uh, we uh, have had a group of uh, local individuals that put on a haunted house. Uh, There's been, you know, every once in a while there's been somebody say, you know, if we're not going to do something, let's go ahead and tear it down. But uh, the intent has generally been to do something with the building.
0: Okay. Okay. So there are two portions to this building, the gym, and then the rest of the building? Yes. Yes. Okay. How much would it cost to renovate this into a, a city hall?
1: Uh, That's some of the things that we're working on right now, but we estimated for the public roundtable meetings that it would take about uh, six to seven million for the city hall and about seven or eight million for the police station. So we're looking at about 13 million off the top of my head.
0: So for 13, 14 million dollars, you would get a new city hall a home for the police, and a community center with this renovation?
1: Yeah, uh, it's about $13 million, a police station and this 1918 building uh, remodeled into a city hall. Yes, we already have the community center.
0: But you're optimistic that there will be some tax raised to help pay for this renovation? I would imagine so, yes. And how many people are in Bonner Springs? We have about 7,800 people. Okay. Is renovating the 1918 building the least costly?
1: It was probably number two. The least costly would be, I think, uh, uh, tearing down the, the city hall and building a city hall and police station beside that.
0: So (laughs) I've got to ask then, if it's cheaper to build a whole new facility that'll last you many years into the future, why turn to a 100-year-old building as the answer?
1: Well, it does have some advantages to it. Uh, One of the advantages is there'd be enough space for any future uh, needs that the city would need. And the 1918 building would have quite a bit of space for future needs for city uh, offices or uh, other community needs.
0: Gotcha. Uh, And then just to finish up, um, I would like to run a scenario by you and just see what you think of it. So suppose you became mayor and your city hall was... Uh, In an old school building, not one built in 1918, but one built in the 1950s. And part of the school had the city offices, the council chamber, uh, the tax office, and then part of it was a community center. It had a gymnasium. It had classrooms where people could host smaller activities. The big problem, though, is the roof. Uh, The roof hasn't been replaced. It is leaking, it is a hazard, and it's a liability. You could replace the roof on the whole building for just under a million dollars, and then there are other little upgrades that would probably total a million and a half, possibly two million dollars, but you would have a fixed up city hall for the next maybe decade or two. Or you could tear down the community center portion and just occupy the much smaller city hall portion. Uh, That would probably be about the same amount, but without all the operating expenses in the future. And then I suppose the last option would be to build an entirely new city hall, or to lease space, maybe in offices or trailers. Uh, Do you have a preference for which option you would choose?
1: Well, wow, that's a <laughs> that's a great question, and it has so many different aspects to it that would take a lot of time to research. Uh, this, um, on face value, uh, I think, um, compared to what new building would be, and uh, the need for community services with a community center, um, I, if they could work out a financing plan that's amenable to the to the citizens. Uh, re-roofing the whole area would probably be in the best interests to maintain that uh city hall um uh, but i just don't uh, on face value that's how i would take it but there's so many factors that would have to be researched that it's hard to say um is it all going to be financed with mill rate on the property taxes or is there a sales tax or do they have a you know uh a vibrant commercial community that could help support that with sales tax, or is it something that needs to be, you know, uh, subsidized by just property taxes? All those things add in, all those things are factors.
0: Okay, okay. So, cost would be your first thing that you looked at. What about the desire of the community? If there was a small but vocal number of people who wanted to save the school, Uh, save the city hall, uh, because of all the activities that it provides. Could you see that overruling the cost concerns?
1: Well, it all, the elected officials are elected to do what's best for the community as a whole. And so they're um, sometimes the most inexpensive choice is not necessarily the best for the whole community as a whole. So you could, tear down the community center and not have those services available for the next 10, 20 years. But is that what's best for the community? Do they need those public spaces and, and paying a, you know, a a more of an amount now that provides you with more services over the long haul or more assets um, has to be weighed. So there's no easy answer and those would all have to be uh, considered
0: Okay, well, those are all the questions I have for you. So that was extremely helpful, Mayor. Thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, It's a lot of uh, information goes into making those kind of decisions, and uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And it's for a small community. Uh, it takes a lot of time from a lot of different people, and uh, I wish you the best on the other community uh, working through their, their concerns
0: too. Up to now, our story of North College Hill has grown out of a series of decisions that happened when longtime Mayor Dan Brooks was in his final years in office. I would argue that everything we have heard was directly or indirectly related to one of three poor choices first was the decision to combine the city administrator's salary with his wife's, which set off years of litigation, mistrust, and the council's use of salaries as a choke collar on the city government. The second was Brooks's decision to leave office and have his successor, a first-time mayor who came in with good intentions, be the target of harassment and cyberbullying to the point of giving up the final decision actually took place before the other two. In fact, I've already told you what it is and how it ends. But what you don't know is how this time, everyone had the best intentions for the city at heart. There was no bullying, no power trips, no fights over the charter. If I had to sum it up, I'd say it was actually a big misunderstanding. But in North College Hill, misunderstandings turn into meltdowns, and for over a year, the fight inside the city center was whether to get rid of the city center. And who exactly was the city supposed to serve? This is Tear It Down.
2: North College Hill City Center, are you ready for something new? You are in fact ready for something new.
0: In the council chamber on meeting night, you will find a few rows of chairs set up in the audience. It's not a huge space. The sign on the wall, written in marker, says the capacity is 47 people. Between eight council members, a mayor, and a city administrator, You're well on your way there every time. At the front of the room is a set of tables in a U-shape. Behind it, facing the audience, is a piece of artwork with a city skyline along the bottom and the word, greetings, imposed on a blue sky background. In the bottom right corner is the North College Hill logo, a series of yellow stars one on top of the other and the slogan, North College Hill, the center of it all. So how did you come to be involved with the City Center Ad Hoc Committee?
3: I knew it was the biggest problem facing us, and I said, give it to me, I'll try to solve it.
0: (laughs) Matthew Wallert is the Change NCH council member who was put in charge of the council's City Center Committee. Do you think that was a worthwhile goal that was just a little too big for the city to swallow? Or do you think, as some people do in North College Hill, that it never should have been acquired to begin with?
3: I, you know, I, I, I'm i not comfortable given because uh, hindsight is perfect, and, and you know, I want to give the benefit of the people that were there in the room making the decision. I believe that their intention uh, was something well worth trying to achieve. You know, I hear now that people say, well, that's, that building's been leaking for years. I don't know what type of diligence was done. Um, so I guess I really don't want to throw others under the bus for making an effort to, to what I think is, is a good cause to, to to do that.
0: For Dan Brooks, a new city hall and community center had been his white whale for decades. While he was an architecture student, he built a scale model of a city hall and took it to North College Hill's mayor to show off. The mayor dumped it in his closet. Years later, when Dan Brooks was the mayor, he came up with another idea to build a massive 65,000 square foot complex for the city, complete with a community center, police and fire station, and retail stores. This plan went nowhere. And in the late 90s, again still, he tried to snatch up an old school building and church. Once more, he was stymied
2: you know you've got to have hope you've got to try to get things done and you can make yourself so frozen that you don't do anything because you're afraid you're going to make a misstep or you know something's not going to happen right you know you're going to build something and maybe it doesn't just boom overnight that it takes time and effort and it's a slow process You know, little step by little step.
0: Around 2009, the school district was constructing a brand new campus. But they discovered they needed a portion of city property to complete their school buildings. Mayor Brooks saw the opening he had been craving for four decades. The city would give the school district their land in exchange for the school district giving North College Hill the 30,000 square foot Clovernook Elementary School. What did you think of it?
4: Oh, yes. Yeah. The, you know, you, you have classrooms. So perfect for uh, any programs we wanted to do, is tutoring program, reading programs. Gregory Moore, the recreation director. The gymnasium, which was the jewel of the month, all I needed was a new floor. If we had new flooring, you know, maybe some updated backboards, that type of thing. But uh, it, was, it was versatile. We, we could use it. And particularly for our largest program, for our, our summer day camp, it was, it was perfect, perfect setup.
2: How council felt, um, it was, we give out, uh, give up this little wedge, we get this building, yes, it was an older building, but it's solid. The solid, you know, the only thing wrong with the building today is that it needs a new roof. And flat roof buildings need that every now and then. I mean, that's one of the Problems with flat roofs is that over time, water pools on that roof and finds, you know, it, it's very hard on the material.
0: Records from the school district show that in the years before the swap, they were paying thousands of dollars to patch the Clover Nook roof. And in the agreement with the school district, the city actually had 120 days to inspect the building and ask the district to correct any defects. If the school district chose not to fix Clovernook, the agreement would have been voided. I have no idea if Dan Brooks knew about the roof patching or whether he ever had an inspection that raised red flags. But the city signed the agreement in 2009 and a year later, the school was theirs. Gary Gellert was the school superintendent.
5: But I, I'm, not, I'm not getting into that. I mean, the, the building was functional. The building was functional. It was a school. O- on paper, the city got the better end of the deal.
0: You think so?
1: Absolutely. A- in what way? A little piece of property. They got more acreage.
5: They got more acreage. They they by far got the better end of the deal.
0: I see what you're saying on paper, just size wise, but considering the operating costs of that building, well, the well, roof replacement, yeah, that that's yeah. No, they got. We, we would have demoed it if we if we hadn't exchanged
5: it. We would have demoed the building, demoed the building, and then we would have had however many acres is there that we we could have sold. Hey. Uh, that's right. water over the dam. They wanted a building for a community center and a city building. That was their vision. Uh, they have more space for that by far.
0: So So even if it ended up that the city did not want a community center forever, that was still an extension of that building's life, whereas otherwise it would be leveled to the ground by now.
6: It would have been demoed, correct. Mm-hmm.
0: Curiously, it was only until after North College Hill got the building that the city decided what to do with it. In July 2010, there was a community forum to hear people's suggestions. A golden opportunity was how the flyer described the 50-year-old building. Many of the ideas from that focus group were what you might expect. Use the school for basketball leagues, arts and craft shows, GED classes a library, stores. But some of the responses foreshadowed divisions in the city. Tear it down. I would rather look at it decaying out my window than anything else mentioned. I have mixed feelings since all my children and my husband went to Clovernook. Maybe keep the part by the front door and demolish the rest. Can you describe? what the city center looks like, if I were to walk in, what would I see?
7: Um, it still, to this day, looks very much like an old elementary school.
0: Former council president Sean Feeney and his wife, Brittany Feeney. Yes.
7: You know, it's exactly the one floor, flat-topped uh, building that you expect it from the mid-1950s onward classroom in America.
8: windows.
7: Yeah, the large classroom windows with the very old, cheap panes of glass and... Um, One of the disturbing things was by the time I got on council, uh, the building was in such disarray that it was constantly leaking and the city council chambers was included. And so there used to be this kind of ongoing joke that, you know, there's this kind of puddling on the the drop ceiling right over the, the, uh, the desk that the city council members sit at. And in the middle of one of these meetings, it's, you just know it's just, if it's raining out, it's gonna just start dripping and it's gonna come right down on the city council members
0: and they might actually have to do something about it. In the summer of 2011, the city center underwent a transformation. Procter & Gamble chose the building for its community service day. They painted and landscaped the school. The local chapter of the disabled American veterans even worked on the council chamber. But while the volunteers were fixing the building up, behind the scenes, the Brooks administration was unknowingly laying the groundwork for the city center's eventual failure. They sent out a request for proposals to manage the recreation side of the building, the side with the gym and the classrooms.
2: I don't recall other people coming in with proposals for it, it was kind of a unique situation in that we were looking for a nonprofit to come in to run programs like that. There's not a whole lot of entities out there that do that kind of thing for cities.
0: The city received one response, an offer from the Propel Company. Propel was a corporation headed by Doug Pelfrey, a former football player with the Cincinnati Bengals. It is still unclear to me what experience Pelfrey had, if any, in managing city property. But on April 23, 2012, he signed a 20-year lease with North College Hill for the recreation side of the city center. The single most crucial thing you need to know about this contract is not the part about the activities. It's not the part about utilities or taxes. Instead, it's Section 12, labeled maintenance. Quote, Tenant shall be responsible for all maintenance, replacement, and repairs to the leased premises. Those included the building, the mechanical system, and the roof. Replacing the roof was on Propel
2: they came with the promise that they would have, uh, investors, people who would put up the money to do the repairs and the maintenance. And I believe that's the portion that kind of fell through as far as not having, um, investors not being able to, to raise that, that kind of capital investment to, um, to fix it up the way, you know, kind of the dream that had been um, envisioned.
0: Yeah. Did that raise any red flags for you at the time? This was a pretty new company on the scene.
2: Well, it came in with, we have people that are, you know, will be putting up money um, as tax shelters. I did not know how... Um, what the model was, how it would work. So, it kind of was well, let's hope that what's been drawn up can happen.
0: I mean, to the extent that anyone is to blame for that, I mean, Propel obviously shoulders a lot of that, and, Mm -hmm. you know, the market does too, I guess, but Mm -hmm. do you think there's any fair blame that can be assigned to the city administrator, the school superintendent, anyone in a decision-making authority for not seeing that this could fall through very easily?
2: (laughs) I guess uh, if we were more cynical and, I mean, we were banking on hope that that this could be accomplished and that, you know, you take a giant leap and your stride isn't quite as long as as what you wanted."
0: Right away, the city center landed a major attraction. The Center Stage Players, a theater group that had been around since 1885.
5: The largest we ever set the house for uh, was the second year in 2013 when we were doing our holiday show. We had a snow get snowed out, and we set for 136 people, and we actually filled that with one person paying standing room only.
0: Fred Hunt is a director and board member with the center stage players. When the roof sprung leaks and the heating and air conditioning failed, the theater troupe didn't just sit back and complain. They got involved.
5: But then we also, that season, for the last three shows of that season, we added a weekend where we didn't pay rent, but any money we made that weekend, we put into a fund. Um and the idea when the fund started was we were going to uh, buy a large, well, big ass fan is the name of the company down in Kentucky and put a big ass fan in the in the gym, gym and cafetorium that was our theater. We had a fundraiser in cooperation with the Pro Foundation. And we did it was a, a two-night prom event and Can we you raised... Speak a little
0: more about what that was?
5: Uh, it was the awesome eighties prom. Uh, concept is People come and they dress up and they're coming to an 80s prom. So we had all the 80s music and everything. And uh, among the people at the prom were our core of actors. I think uh, we had 14 actors in the show. Uh, so as the night would progress, you know, we the principal would interrupt everything and tell everybody simmer down and all that, and would introduce the candidates for prom king and queen. And there you're stereotypical 80s movies kids like all the kids from The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and all those movies and there were vignettes then throughout the night as they were lobbying to get voted to be prom king and queen throughout the night and then the audience would actually submit their ballots and depending on who they voted for they would be crown king and queen the actors would and then there were vignettes that would flow out of that. We raised uh, $7,600 on that like I said, it was initially for a big-ass fan, but it became building improvement instead.
6: When we moved
5: out, the actual space we would perform in was still pretty good. They had done some patching on the roof. We had a very large leak backstage um, that was—they uh, had taken a, taken a bucket and put it in the corner to capture the water, and we would just empty the bucket periodically. Uh, there was another leak in the stairwell to go up to the stage that when it would rain, it would be like a almost a waterfall coming straight down into a garbage can. So I actually, uh, in our next to last show, uh, climbed up there with a funnel and attached a funnel to the rafters and ran a hose so that the water would drain back into the bucket up on stage. And then we could just empty that. And that uh, actually made it a lot safer for people that was the first time we actually had when it rained that it was actually leaking into the gym space proper where our people would sit. So for one performance, I was up on a ladder uh, taping plastic bags to the ceiling to catch the water during the show. (laughs) Bathrooms had gotten to the point where I think we were back down to only one stall working in the women's room, Uh, one stall in the men's room, and then the second stall, the ceiling uh, had about a nine to 11 inch hole in diameter uh, above the entrance to the stall from where the rain had taken the roof out so whenever it would rain it would just pour through there um so the hallway if it rained the hallway was just a line of buckets down the hallway so we got to a point where when it would rain really bad we would put a curtain across and send people around the back way to go to the women's room to avoid that mess i saw a lot of promise in the building I remember uh, one actress in the show, because I was directing our first show, said, it's sad. And because it was an old school building that, you know, had been let run down a bit. And I remember saying, no, this is not sad. This is actually very happy. We're going to be part of a renaissance here for this building. We're going to help turn this into a really vibrant community center. So it's the exact opposite of sad. We still stay tied to the city and still hope they can work things out. Uh, You're saying they're going to tear it down, but by next month they may change their mind because that's the way this has gone for the last year. So, uh, you know, all they needs another election and everything changes. So,
0: would you go back if they didn't shut the building down? Uh,
5: provided they fix the bathrooms and the roof, we would consider it. If they were going to say just come back the way it is, no.
0: People I talked to on all sides said that Doug Pelfrey seemed genuinely interested in making the city center work. They said he was well-meaning, his heart was in the right place. Someone even agreed he was like a young Dan Brooks. But as the years progressed, Pelfrey, to use a football term, fumbled. Well, you're the only person who sees it from Propel's side having worked for them and the city side now working for the city. Whose responsibility at the time, when you first started, did you think the roof maintenance to be?
4: Uh, Propel. Okay.
0: Did he ever acknowledge it to you, that Propel was? Yes. He did? Yes. Okay. Mm
4: -hmm. And then it it got to the point where we both realized it wasn't going to happen.
0: Do you think it bothered Doug Pelfrey that he couldn't deliver?
4: Yes, it did. And he said that to me as well. After, after this was last year, he he did say that.
0: Did he ever say, well, the city was supposed to get me investors. I was supposed to have money. It just didn't happen.
4: <sighs> yes, he did. He did. He talked about that there was something, a disconnect. He didn't go into a lot of detail, but there were things um, in, in both Coleraine and in North College Hill that, not necessarily investors, but There were some business opportunities that were supposed to to happen, some collaborations. Again, I don't know the details, but he did speak to both issues. More Coleraine than North Coleraine.
0: What Gregory Moore is referring to is another community center in neighboring Coleraine Township. Called Skyline, the township had shut it down in 2013 because they simply couldn't afford it. Doug Pelfrey came in and offered to run it with Moore as the director. The people who used Skyline were mostly black children and adults. But there, Pelfrey lasted even less time than he did at the city center. So when the Skyline Acres had to close a second time under Doug Pelfrey, how was the community reaction then?
4: Uh, Well, of course, it it wasn't great. I think they knew... Um, but it wasn't, <laughs> they, they didn't have a lot of notice because he sort of just pulled out. He didn't, we didn't notify them. We didn't, uh, you know, tell them that we, we just left basically. I mean, that was, that's the nicest way I can say it. We just pulled up stakes and, and went to North College. Yeah. You know, I think Doug
9: is a great man. I think Doug's intentions were 100% good.
0: Kathy Harward was the director of community outreach for the Pro Foundation, another one of Doug Pelfrey's groups tasked with running the city center.
9: I I don't know anybody who sacrificed so much of himself, his own personal money, (laughs) for the betterment of children and community. You know... Is he the best businessman in the whole world? Absolutely not. He doesn't have a business degree. <laughs> He's got a heart. He's got a heart of gold that will. he doesn't know how to say no to people because he wants, his heart wants to help people. His heart wants to do good. You know, if, if Doug has any fault to him, it's that he doesn't know how to say no when he really should <laughs> because his heart is so big.
0: Um. You were talking about Doug a minute ago, and kind of the caricatures I've heard of Doug from other people in North College Hill is that he was well-intentioned, but didn't know how to manage a building. Or he was a straight-up shyster who uh, didn't uh, make his promise to the city. And what I'm hearing from you is he was a victim of miscommunication here. It may be in the same way that the city was also a victim of miscommunication. Is that accurate?
9: Yeah, I think that they, neither party, I think neither party was very clear on their, uh, on the intentions because what, what Doug said, they were supposed to bring investors to us and they didn't because there was, there was half of the town was against it, half of council was against it and and half the council was for it so it was a constant battle i'd never seen anything like it in my life i wanted out of it because it was like i've never seen you know people be so negative and and fight the way that city was and i felt like it was a constant struggle to get the community to stand behind it because half the council was it was like because it was i forget who the man was who was in charge i forget who this person was um dan something or
0: dan brooks was the mayor
9: dan brooks so because it was a dan brooks idea and vision that half the council anything that dan brooks thought and wanted you know they were going to they were going to be against it you know if he fixed up the building and then because you have half of and I I agreed a hundred percent with the way that council was I said there's no way in God's green earth I'm going to support you putting money into this thing and then they turn around because you got half of the people just want the real estate you turn around and put all this money into this thing and then they end up canceling it that we're not going to do a community center no, that that's ludicrous
0: I mean, Kathy, I, I see what you're saying there. Logically, it makes sense. But the flip side is because money was not put into the building, it's easier for the council to say, demolish the whole thing. And that is what happened last year.
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they they they're the owners of the building. They're the owners of that building and they weren't putting a dime into it to so not for them to be able to after you get it all done to wipe it out from underneath you. I wouldn't do it. And I didn't advise Doug to do it. I wouldn't do it. Would you do that? Would you put hundreds of thousands of dollars into something and somebody could just come right in behind you and say, well, we're not going to do this anymore.
0: So Well, your advice to Doug came too late because he did sign that exact contract saying that without ownership, we will maintain, repair and replace the roof. So he didn't I- say
9: he replaced the roof. What contract said he replaced the roof?
0: The contract he signed for, I think, a twenty-year lease of the building.
9: I think that thing said replace the roof, said ma- ma- maintain the building. The exact phrase
0: is maintenance, replacement, and repairs.
9: The roof is capital. That's not. We did repair the roof. We 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 put money into that roof um, on more than one occasion, trying to patch it. So he did do what he said he was going to do. Capital expenditures to replace a roof on something that you you have no ownership to, that's not that's not management and maintenance. I <laughs> and I
2: different. agree
0: with that statement, but the word replacement is placed in the contract under maintenance. So, either Doug glossed over well, it if or if the
9: toilet if a toilet breaks, you replace it. You know, something like that. But a complete roof to expect somebody to put the money in when they didn't do their part to get investors to, to refer people, that, to me, in my opinion, that's ludicrous.
0: In early 2016, Pelfrey met with the mayor and city administrator. He told them he was walking away for the second time in two years from a community center um, what kind of accommodations did they make for you as far as making sure you were employed and paid up to a certain time? None.
4: March 1st, I was, I was done. He just left.
0: It's difficult to know what would have happened if Doug Pelfrey had never signed the contract. Would the city have fixed the roof sooner on its own? Would the city center have shut down? It is unclear why Pelfrey agreed to manage and fix a building he didn't own. Even more puzzling is why he claimed Dan Brooks would find investors for him. If Dan Brooks had investors, he would never have needed Pelfrey to maintain the building.
3: Hi, this is Dan Brooks, and thanks for calling. I'm unable to take your call right now, so at the sound of the beep, just leave a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Again, thanks for calling.
0: I emailed Propel asking for their side of the story. In January, I received a reply from Tom Miller, the chief financial officer. The best way to sum this up, he said, is we were surprised by unanticipated issues with the project, and were disappointed that it didn't work out as planned. Other than that, we would rather not comment. I wrote back asking if the unanticipated issues were the roof damage and propels trouble finding investors. Miller responded, quote, For the time frame that we were involved in the city center, it cost us over $100,000 that we never recouped. Eventually, we decided that we had to cut our losses and move on. That's the bottom line and our final word. I found no evidence that Propel put $100,000 into that building.
10: The
11: point is,
10: that's the past. However we got here, however your feelings were at the time, the city now owns this building.
0: It was now the summer of 2016. No one was happy with the position the city was in. On August 1st, the administration brought in a project manager to brief the council on what needed to happen uh, to Hill. both Certain sides of the city structure. center.
7: Currently it's a ballasted EPDM roof that is, uh, in all intents purposes, completely failed. The membrane is completely ripped around the entire perimeter. as uh, currently leaking throughout the facility, ruining the
0: structure of the building. The council sat quietly as they heard what repairing the city center might cost.
7: The projected budget for the phase one, which includes a roof for the entire building, along with HVAC and boilers, would be $920 to just over a million dollars. And this is strictly a budget.
0: The administration tried two separate arguments to convince the Change NCH Council to renovate. First, fairness.
10: We expect our citizens to maintain their properties...
11: I think it's about time the city started maintaining ours.
0: Second, opportunity.
11: But one thing I look at this center is we have children and we have people that say we need somewhere to go, where to, what do we kids do? They're bored, they're hanging out in front of my you know, house. And, and as well as there's opportunities for people workforce development programming. I've had a lot of people from different cities come and visit and they're like, we wish we had the space. We don't have space, so it's just a matter of what we're looking for, the future of North College Hill.
0: But the council fired back with two arguments of their own. Money?
12: I'm not for sure that putting a million dollars into this building is spending your money wisely. I don't know (laughs) what this building is bringing in. To our community, I, I don't know that.
0: And I, the opinion that the, the city center was money. never don't at don't any time a good idea.
12: Seven, eight years ago, Mr. Hartzell and I, decide, we kind of teamed together and we spoke very loudly that this land swap between um, the city and the school years ago was not the best thing to do. That this was not the best investment, the best business move for our city.
0: And as with most things, there was also suspicion.
1: Ms. Mayor, I have a question to you. Did you expect to present this to council tonight at one time and have all these people
10: here to force us to pass this tonight without us going through it? Did I call any of you? Did I invite any of you to come here?
12: It sounds like
0: you're trying to turn the citizens of this town
1: against council. That's what it
0: sounds like. But the residents did have time to organize, and the next meeting, a dozen people sat in the audience with bright yellow shirts that read, Save the City Center, and We Don't Want a Trailer Park. That was a reference to Councilmember Mary Jo Zorb's suggestion for mobile offices in the parking lot if the city tore the whole building down. Also in the audience was Brittany Feeney, who had organized a fundraiser inside the city center with food trucks, vendors, and raffles.
13: And we had um, several hundred people throughout the course of our four to five hours that showed up, which is no small feat. I am extremely happy to announce that through vendor fees and through the, I think we had five raffles that we did, we raised $875. Good job. Yes. Very exciting, uh-huh. very exciting. I am, I am blown away by the community support that we had at this event. I think it really shows how much the people in the community um, do want to save the city center. Or
0: Well, you raised $875, and very very even very with very four very times a year, that's that. $3,500 so, towards a Five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand dollar roof replacement. So, in one sense, every bit does help, but this is not going to be a fundraiser-based roof replacement.
13: Right. It was. It was less um, raising. You know, a hundred thousand dollars. We knew that. I knew that that wasn't going to happen, and it was more of a listen. Here's what you can do. The community's involved. Here's yet another way to have monthly revenue. Because, I mean, I told Cheryl, I said, while we were still living there, I said, if you want me to do these monthly, then that's not a problem at all.
0: Right away, Law Director Bill Dieters told the the council that this was now on them. Doug Pelfrey was out of the picture. I mean, who who in their right mind
1: would sign a contract that you know you have a $600,000 expense the moment you walk in? And you might be able to generate it probably was six then. I bet it was five, four. Even if it was, even if it was four hundred thousand at twenty thousand dollars a year, that's twenty years. So right?
7: everything I'm hearing you say is Pelfrey is a really horrible businessman.
1: Well, I don't think you read it.
0: It was in this window that Amber Bailey began showing up to be vocal about saving the city center. Um,
8: I have actually common grants in my backpack that I've done as a citizen because I have spare time to save this place. So I told them that I would be the liaison between the administrative department and the city council, the two opposing sides here, to try to work out some kind of plan. If we're going, how much are we going to appropriate? Where are we going to go? Are we going to buy? Are we going to build? Are we going to fix? Are we going to lease? Are we going to rent? What are we going to do? How much are we going to give? What do we want to do in this situation? I said that I would be that person to funnel the information through to them so that way then we could talk about it in an open meeting session and try to figure out some kind of compromise here that would make them feel like they did the right thing and the city the city employees safe. Ask me how far I got. Square one inch, one zero, nothing. Very beginning. I've tried so hard. I've sent them information. I took the time to Google every place that is commercial in North College Hill and I sent it to them. Nothing. One of them said, we'll talk about this in an open meeting. Have we? No. Have I brought it up? Plenty of times. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, um, I don't know what to do.
0: Amber showed me a complaint that someone filed in May 2017 with the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Someone who claimed to be a city employee wrote that there were mold, asbestos, and falling ceilings in a, quote, abandoned elementary school. When they call it an abandoned elementary school, it makes it seem like you guys are squatting in there.
11: (laughs) (laughs) We're a bunch of homeless bugs. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, people
0: fixed it up before you got in there. It's not abandoned.
11: But what I'm saying is I have staff that is in here every day. I have people that are in here every day. And I, myself, I'm immune. I I don't have an immune system. The medication I take, it suppresses it completely. So every day I come to work, I'm jeopardizing myself.
12: Just because everybody had a fart in their pants for Mayor Brooks, this building decayed. This building opened up on May 11th. I raised the flag. You can't come up with a simple plan to finance it. It's sick.
6: I am the pastor of the Good Shepherd International Church. Uh, We minister to approximately 100 to 125
0: African refugees, and we have been here three years one of the most difficult moments in the, the pull and tug over the city center came on October 17, 2016, Sunday, when one of the tenants, a church pastor, asked the council about having heat in the building. To me,
6: this is absolutely essential. I Put yourself in that place on Sunday morning and it's 55, 50, 55 degrees in there and sat there for two hours, shivering. I don't, I don't know how many of you would like to do that. So I would really appeal to you and appreciate either the heating system be repaired in the next month or allow uh, at, at your expense to put in that temporary heating. We, we bore the expense last year. We took our rent and put it into a, a kitty to pay for it. So.
0: At this Mr. point, Councilmember Pat Hartzell, who was wearing yeah. a tie imprinted with dollar yeah, bills, dangled the tie College in front Hill's of him program. while asking a question.
6: Would you not agree that this is North College Hill's home? Yeah, yeah, this is North College Hill property. You're coming in from the outside asking us to spend $1,200 a month for you to live here. Not just me, sir. I know. I'm- How many other people use the center? I'm only speaking because... You're
2: speaking of now, the church. I mean, are
6: we welcome here? You are welcome. As we're long welcome. As the okay, administration thank you. That that's you what can. I need to know. If we're we welcome you. here, that's what I need to know. Can, can we afford you is, our, is the question that I have. Can we afford it?
10: That's, that's all I have. Okay,
6: so it isn't just me that needs the. Our group that needs the heat. It's... Okay, communityhood, do you think they need heat in there in the wintertime? Yes. I I agree. You need heat if you're going to be in there. I agree with you 100% on that. Is it our obligation to do this as a city to do that for you? Whose obligation is it? (sighs) Whose obligation is it? I'm sure the rest of the community would like to know, too. Are we going to have heat in the gymnasium one way or the other this winter? Probably not.
7: Probably probably not. Did Did you hear that? Miss we are not yes, going to have I'm, heat.
11: Mr. President.
0: Did you read anything into it um, about this being a church uh, ministering to African refugees, I believe, and he's saying, You're coming into our community, can we afford you? Uh, you know, did you did you think that was part of a, a more subtle point about race that we've been we've been trying to address or was it just pat hartzell saying we can't afford anyone in the city center if we can't give you heat at a reasonable price get out all of you
13: um honestly that entire um that entire exchange um just had me seeing red um my dad is and has owned properties So it really pissed me off that um, a landlord, basically, because that's what the city would end up being. Um, So a spokesperson for the city as a landlord would have the balls to say, yes, this is our property. You have to fix it, though, if you want to stay here, because that's not how that works at all. So I (laughs) don't... I don't want to insult Pat, <laughs> um, but I I just don't think that he was fully thinking on that one. I, I think that that came less from racism and more from just pure ignorance.
7: To color that, uh, Pat is w- one of the change NCHers who is a lifelong Republican. Um so he is a very strong fiscal conservative. When I say fiscal conservative, he's beyond that. He's the the tea party strain of let's spend nothing. City deserves yeah. to spend nothing. Spend
13: nothing ever. So
7: this is definitely his M.O. So it's not out of character for him. Um, but honestly, you know, no city makes money on public services. Right. And that's the one kind of thing that the change in the C.H. Group doesn't understand is, you know, a city exists to provide services for the public good. And in our case, it was, hey, we're trying to offer some community enrichment activities um, through this building that we got for free.
0: I don't believe Change NCH failed to understand that a city exists to provide services. Better public safety was the reason change had started. With the city center, Each side was simply asking a different question. For the administration, it was, how can we shut down a building and take away the programs for our residents? For the council, it was, how can we pay for a building when there are other legitimate needs? One of the things I heard from proponents of the city center is that Change NCH had no problem shuttering the building because they personally did not benefit from the offerings.
10: They may not be programs that your children go to, because maybe you can afford to send them to the Y. They aren't programs that maybe you yourself or your family take advantage of, but other families here in the community do.
0: What about for the people who came to the programs, the kids, the parents?
4: Racially, it, it um, was surprising, and I, I don't think they ever realized this. It was probably 60-40 um, Caucasian, 60% Caucasian, uh, maybe, maybe even 70% for the adult programs. For the youth programs, um, probably 90, maybe up, uh, maybe in close to 90 395%.
0: Uh, white? The majority white? Uh, African, black. Had you ever been to the city center for an event? Uh, for council meetings. Okay, but nothing cultural like the center stage players?
3: Uh, uh no.
0: When Matt Wallert was appointed a council member in late 2016, he was interested in finding a resolution to the city center. The first plan to replace the roof on the administrative side and patch the recreation side was known as fix half, patch half. That idea was torpedoed by the law director who called it asinine. You either fix it because this
1: building has certain values beyond monetary value to the city, but it cannot stay open the way it is. And it cannot stay open if you fix half of it. Fixing half of it is just as asinine as fixing the full amount if you're doing it because of the real estate value.
0: I'm told that certain council members thought Dieters had called them asinine. Whatever he meant by it, the choice of word was probably asinine. Weeks later, a second plan to fix the whole roof died without a vote.
2: Maureen, you sat here for six years and did squat. and Now you want them to do what you wouldn't do.
0: The third plan was to fix the administrative side and demolish the recreation side. Maureen Mason vetoed it. The clock was ticking.
10: Last uh, council meeting, we had a person from our insurance carrier who came and said that since this is a known hazard on the city building, right now we are covered for liability, but they gave the deadline that if something is not done by September, that the city will lose their liability insurance coverage on this building.
0: And then there was the note on the door. The administration posted a sign with the email addresses of council members and an explanation that the city center, without insurance, would close on September 1st. A lot of council members this summer... We're just not able to get past the note on the city center door that said, this building will close on September 1st, and here are the council members you need to email. How upset were the Change NCH council members when that happened, and how long did that resentment linger?
13: I mean,
3: I, I think it was, a, for, it, was, it was a speed bump, but I think there's some, like Pat Hartzell, that just said, eh, oh well. And, you know, at first, I'm kind of like, what's this? I mean, I don't know that I was upset as more of kind of disappointed. It's like, really? Okay. <laughs> but I know that some people did take offense to it because we had, we had worked hard to get two solutions up. and the, One was shot down. The other was vetoed. Um, and it's like, well, wait a second. If you just would have added the names of the mayor or the city administrator, they would have been fine. But I think that's kind of the positioning that sometimes happens in politics. Why post council's name? It's a simple answer. Blaming council is the only argument the mayor has. She has no data, no facts, no projections, so she needs to turn to emotional arguments. Place blame on the other guy. It's really probably the best strategy to paint council as a villain. Post their names on a list and attack every alternative they suggest at every opportunity. I believe that this Ordinance 14 is the only option for our city, our children, and our future And if everyone sitting here is really honest with themselves, really uses the
0: data and reason instead of emotion, I think you will agree. It wasn't just the residents using the city center who were vocal about the building. Council members and the administration also became emotional from the year-long ordeal over this leaking, mildewed, broken ceiling tiled health hazard of a school.
11: I'm sick in this building. A lot of other employees don't feel good in this building. We need to do something. Council is supposed to appropriate money. That is it. I said we're like bumper cars. You're so far in the weeds. And this is ridiculous. That's- this is something that people did work on that care for the city. Well, and you may not think so. But when you
9: say, and you look at it, and you say this means nothing, that...
11: I, I, I take offense to that they did, have had I'm sorry, do you that still we have, your have veto been out? discussing do you this? still have your veto uh, pen out? It has been the
3: last thing a year. I'm not going to sit me. here and listen to lies. Excuse To, me. Lies. Excuse to me. lies.
10: I'm answering. We're out of order. Mr. Waller, please.
0: The situation became so uncertain, the administration planned to move the employees out of the building if the insurance lapsed. But what would happen to the council? Well, as you can imagine, that was also a fight between the mayor and council member Renee Stiles.
12: It's not council's responsibility to figure out where we're going to go. So that would be um, an answer that we would get from Um. either... Um, city administrator, or from the mayor, so we don't know where we're going. Ms. Nichols, that's
10: um, not the administration's because responsibility.
12: I had asked them and they said it was. It's not our responsibility to figure out Madam, where we're going. Madam President,
11: my concern is I've talked to Clovis Center for the Blind, mm-hmm. and a quote for them was they do not want to deal with the drama of council. Somewhere, somebody needs to come together because council needs to have somewhere to meet. So. As
12: the leader of the city, um, that the mayor should work on figuring out where we're going to have our council meetings and take that leadership role and move forward.
10: Mayor Mason. I... Once again, I say it is not the administration, it is not the mayor's responsibility.
0: At last, the council definitively passed the ordinance to fix half and demolish half.
9: Ms. Sorb? Yes. Ms. Brown? Yes. Ms. Whitlisbach? Yes. Mr. Hartzell? Yes. Miss Bailey? Yes. Mr. Wallert? Yes. And Miss Stiles? Yes. Motion passed. Okay.
0: It was unanimous, including Amber Bailey. The official city policy was to give the administrative side a new roof. The recreation side of the city center, with the gym and all its programs, the thing that Dan Brooks had thought about, searched for prototypes since his school days, was slated for demolition, yet another instance of well-meaning people expecting the best outcome, never planning that they get the worst.
2: Yeah, we dreamed big when we thought Propel could uh, help us fix up that end of the building and that they could manage and bring in more revenue. But, you know, you don't just then give up just because something didn't work out the way. And yes, maybe Dan Brooks has some, some blame in that he was looking for, you know, the the big dream to come true, you know.
0: What you described to me earlier about how since you've been in North College Hill, there's been an economic decline. What you're saying now, it sounds like the city center was intended to be the shining example of what a city could do to turn itself around to become a destination to be a desirable place to live and to get the city out of its slump and because you were so willing to buy into that hope Mm -hmm. it left you vulnerable as a city to being taken advantage of is that fair to say
2: I guess so
0: Next time. Please support Tear It Down by supporting our sponsor, Rhyming Regards. Stand out above the crowd with some well crafted words, thank yous, invitations, coasters, and toasts. Send your next greeting card with a healthy dose of Rhyming Regards. Browse existing designs or have the team custom create one for you. Visit rhymingregards.com for more information.